Welcome to All Things Beer, a Pat's Pints Mark's Mugs podcast. I'm Pat Woodward. And I'm Mark Richards. Each month, we are joined by brewers, enthusiasts, and friends to explore the techniques, the culture, and the history of mankind's best invention. So grab a beer and join us as we discover a world of all things beer. All right, we're back again, Pat. Here we are. It's December already, for Christ's sake. Indeed it is. You know, before we get too far into it, the listeners ought to know, actually, you're back into home brewing yeah, now. after 22 years on hiatus, I am home brewing again. This is true. We are happy, we are happy to have you back oh, in the look fold. look at this. I won. Send you your Brewers Guild card <laughs> soon. Yes. It's in the mail. Yes. Well, for today's episode, we're going to get a little bit into some European holiday traditions and some European beers, and we're going to talk a little bit about St. Nicholas and the beer associated with him. Maybe we should introduce our guests. We've got an expert on St. Nicholas. We've got Lutheran Pastor Ralph Wolf joining us today from Clinton Heights Lutheran Church. Hello, friends. Expert in the field of all things Christmas. Sure, we'll go with that. And captain of the land grant ship down there at the old land grant brewery, Dan Schaefer. Ahoy, and master of nothing, but I'll do my best. <laughs> I think you do a great job down there. So, Pat, where do we want to start? One, we're not starting with a beer, which kind of sickens Dan and I slightly. Uh, that's not the norm. But we're going to start dry with some St. Nick traditions. Yeah, I thought we'd have Ralph tell us a little bit about the historic St. Nicholas. Well, obviously, he wasn't born a saint, but Nicholas... Few people are. Well, yeah, speak for yourself. There are a few. Was born in Patera, now the southern coast of Turkey, to wealthy parents, devout Christians, who unfortunately died in an epidemic when Nicholas was young. But Nicholas was raised in the faith, and he took seriously Jesus' words to the young man to sell all you have and give the money to the poor. And so he did that, and then went into the priesthood eventually becoming the Bishop of Myra, also on the southern coast of what's now Turkey. Well, what is St. Nicholas known for other than turkeys? Turkeys? <laughs> well, now, that, WKRP? That, that, uh, that country is now spelled T-U-R-K-I-Y-E, so there's no... Yeah, okay, excuse no, anyway. my grammar. <laughs> sure. Well, when he was a priest and a bishop... The Roman Emperor Diocletian was a ruthless persecutor of Christians and exiled and imprisoned. At the time, uh, the word was there were so many priests, bishops, and deacons in jail, there's no room for criminals. So murderers and thieves, you could get away with it. But if you were a, a man of the cloth, you were probably going to go to jail. Well, fortunately, Diocletian was followed up by Emperor Constantine in 306. He was a Christian person. He, he was baptized. He issued the Edict of Milan in 313, which ended religious persecution. Everybody was freed, and Christianity flourished then. Okay. St. Nicholas is the patron saint, as I read on Wikipedia, of children, sailors, and those undergoing financial problems. Absolutely. There are some stories and some legends about Nicholas. The, probably the biggest story, which when he was alive, was about the poor man in Myra with three daughters. Uh, at that time, you needed to have a, a substantial dowry to get each daughter married to find a good husband. And he was not able to raise a dowry for any of them. 
he would probably have to sell his daughters into slavery. Probably prostitution was what that meant. So on three separate occasions, through the window, open window of their abode, came bags of gold and landed in the shoes by the fireplace to provide the dowry for each daughter. St. Nicholas, I don't know if he was a saint yet at that time, but he threw the bags of gold through the window and they landed in the shoe. He did that on three separate occasions? That's correct. He might be the patron saint of three-point shooting (laughs) with that kind of accuracy, really. Okay, so that's how he got known to be a protector of... Yeah, providing for the financially poor. There are a number of legendary stories about him with children. One of a family who, years after Nicholas had died, they were celebrating St. Nicholas Day, and the young boy was taken captive by Arab pirates and was made the cupbearer of the emir of the Arab people. For that year, the parents, you know, were distraught over losing their their child. Well, the the next year, as they celebrated St. Nicholas Day, Nicholas appeared to the boy and whisked him away and restored him back to his parents with the expensive cup to provide for the family. We uh, off microphone have shared stories about young children getting taken by evil butchers and being killed and dismembered. We're going to get into that. Yeah, okay. We're going to get into that okay. still, yeah. There was theological students. Wow, Dan, this is getting heavy, isn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah. It's not what I, I need expecting. <laughs> this is not the conversation to do without a beer, I don't think. <laughs> That's probably true. Well, maybe we should open a beer now. Thank after God, that. Pat. I mean, Dan and I have been good boys. We're not to be punished by Krampus. You can't take our things away. We should have a beer. All right, well, let's get a beer out. Where are we starting? A Sammy Claus. All right, let me get that out. So we are drinking the Sammy Klaus Classic from the Schloss Eggenberg Brewery in Austria. This is the new version, which comes in a kind of skinny can. Yeah, that surprises me. You know, normally the skinny cans are reserved for things like seltzers or Bud Light. It's kind of fun to see a 15% wallop in a diet can. So Schloss means castle, so it's Eggenberg Castle Brewery. Correct. And this is an Austrian triple bock, I guess. That's the style. It's like figgy pudding. It's rich. That's an apt description. Yeah. It's got a nice bitter finish on Mm -hmm. it, though. Yep, nice dark fruit. Lovely color. Yeah, it's beautifully clear, right? The clarity is excellent. Kind of a chestnut color, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Well, let's fast forward into the Dark Ages. People in Europe would celebrate and still do celebrate St. Nicholas Day. Right, on December 6th, which is uh, his death. Correct. Yeah, traditionally Christian saints are commemorated on the day they died. Okay. If we talk about, let's say, 20th century traditions of celebrating St. Nicholas Day, he comes in France, in Germany, in Bavaria, Austria, in much of Europe. He will arrive and he'll leave some gifts for the children. Still dressed like a bishop, I think. He's got a big, long red cape and then a miter hat, right? Yeah, often on a white horse or another mode of transportation. Uber. Uh, 
<laughs> on a scooter in the modern day. But back yeah. in the 20th century, he rode a horse. And so he's known in Bavaria and Austria as St. Nicholas, in France as St. Nicholas. But in other places, he has a, a different name. So in the Netherlands and f- the Flanders part of Belgium, he's known as Sinterklaas, pretty close to our, to our Santa Claus, right? And then in Switzerland... He's known as Sammy Klaus. Mm-hmm. Makes so, sense. And this beer is brewed only one day a year. They brew it on December 6th, and then they age it for 10 months, and then they package it. So that's a pretty kind of rare thing that you have a beer that's only brewed one day out of the year. Yeah. And at 14%, probably storing that a little while isn't a bad thing. Let it mellow out a little, but it's got a real doppelbocky type mm-hmm. character. There's kind of a rich caramel thing going on and and then also yeah some dark fruits in there i know last time you were on dan we talked a lot about fruits and hops here we're getting uh, kind of fruit like flavors from the malt what kind of fruits do you get and and where do you think they come from i used to know a bit about this beer <laughs> then I mean, it's all been erased from my memory probably by the beer um <laughs> man there's just a lot going on there i get some like dried apricot notes in there I think this is a fairly simplistic malt bill. Yeah, you could be getting some um, some darker character from extended boiling. Uh, I'm sure there was some yeast stress involved. Yeah, uh, this is. Uh, I think do they use lager yeast for this? So the, the story on the yeast is actually kind of complicated. They use two different yeasts on this right. beer. So they use their standard lager yeast to get up to about ten percent, and then they repitch a different strain of yeast called the Herleman strain of yeast. And Herleman was a Swiss, I would call him a biochemist, but he was kind of in the vein of Pasteur or Hansen, and he his specialty was at trying to find high alcohol tolerant strains of yeast. Mm-hmm. And so he did, and, and this is one that he found, and then he he founded a brewery called Herleman in Switzerland, and that's where this beer originated. I mean, you might say, why isn't it called St. Nicholas if it's made in Austria? But that's because the beer actually originated in Switzerland at the Herleman Brewery in 1979. With the amount of malt needed to make this beer, I'm sure there's plenty of contributing factors into that malt flavor just from the bill alone. But I wonder if there's decoction in this. Like, it's got real, you know, that Maillard reaction type of rich flavor to it. Yeah, I could see that. I, I actually used to get a bottle of this uh, and age it for a year and then have it on Christmas Day. Oh, wow. Um, okay. I need to get back into that because this, yeah, I've forgotten how good this is. And I haven't had it out of the can. Yeah, this is my first to have it out of the can as well. This was a real cult classic to all my brewing friends back in the 90s. So for our annual holiday party, we would always have verticals with this beer. And I think, Pat, didn't you bring an older bottle we're going to? I've got a bottle from 2021 that we'll uh, crack here in a bit. And, and Wonderful. See. This is the first year that I've seen it in a can. It's a pretty new thing, at least, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I tried to figure out how old it is because, you know, on the bottles, it'll say right on the label the year of it. This one has some very obscure date code that I I couldn't really work out what it meant on the bottom of the can. But I'm assuming if they still only brew it one day per year, this was probably brewed last December in 2022. I can't really compare this to anything else <laughs> i mean there's there's different elements that you can pull out from uh, different types of beers particularly it's got very low carbonation uh I, yeah. I think if i would compare this to anything it would be like a cognac is probably the closest thing i could think that's of. fair yeah the the stone fruit i'm that i get is plum actually i get a little plum there it's very 
smooth and, and decadent. Mm-hmm. Has anybody ever been to Austria here? Like, I know Pat has not. I have not been. No, it's I've on spent, the list. Yeah, I've got nope. friends in Austria, so I've spent a bit of time there. They live in Kopfenberg, which is about an hour north of Graz by car train. And I've spent some time in Graz, and this is just outside of Graz. And if it weren't that, I already probably went to a lot of breweries on all these <laughs> visits to bore the women with one more brewery trip was probably... Sondra and Joan were happy to not go to one more, but they they have a lot of beers like available in that region from Eggenberg. They've got a Yerbach, Festbach, uh, kind of like a Dunkel, Hellas, Lexion, Medium. They've got quite a few different styles. What I'm saying is the brewery is in production year round. Well, you got to have respect for a brewery that at the bottom end, the Lexion is only 2.9% ABV, and then it goes all the way up to, to this 14.1% beer. Yeah. You know, oddly enough, when I was at Kenny Road Market doing some shopping for this episode, I found another one of their beers. Oh, cool. You can get the Urbach 23. Oh, cool. Which we is a strong like, icebox. I, I thought about picking it up for this episode, but <laughs> we have a lot of heavy hitters lined up for today, so I yeah. thought maybe another time. Well, we can wait while you run back over. <laughs> Yeah, I know where I'm going after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to try it. This beer was, when I was researching it a little bit, I mean, Michael Jackson, the beer writer, was a big fan of this beer, and he wrote many, many times about it. Uh huh. But the original Herleman Brewery that originated this beer, they got bought by another Swiss brewery that promptly you know, stopped making this beer. Oh, so okay. It appeared in 1979, but then I think in 96 or 97, it, it went away. Okay. People were saying, hey, bring back the Sammy Klaus. And so they they made a deal. I think in in the end, Carlsberg bought the other brewery, and okay. so then they made a deal to allow Eggenberg in Austria to make this beer to this recipe. And some of the brewers from the old Herleman Brewery came over and, and helped them in the early days. Interesting. Well, I think we should do a comparison, a mini vertical, if you will, with an older version. And we're going back to the classic presentation. This is in a bottle, and this one says uh, 2021. So okay. This was, I think, brewed in 2021. So one year prior. Not much of a bottle pop there. Seems fairly still, although now that you've poured it, it's a bit darker in color maybe. It's got a little bit of beer foam on it. I'm surprised I don't get more booze on the nose in a way for a beer that's uh, over 14%. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I hate to have Angelo disease, but I think I'm getting a bit of cheese here. <laughs> the nutty brie cheese. This is, I don't know what I'm getting. Well, that's the thing that, that strikes me is there's a nuttiness to it uh-huh. that isn't in the, in the fresh version. A little more caramel in the newer one. Some of that sweetness has died back on the older version. It could be because it's older, just a, a little bit of oxidation, which mm-hmm. will give it, round out the caramels a little yeah. bit and maybe give it even a bit of a sherry-like uh, fruitiness. It's good. It actually seems less alcoholic than the new one, I think. Yeah, it's just a bit rounder. It's less sharp. I mean, this is a beer you could lay down for many years if you wanted to, and it would still taste beautiful. Drink four or five of them you may lay down for the rest of the afternoon. <laughs> you might be laying down yourself for a while. <laughs> even though we're we're saying that it's smooth, and it is smooth, but you know, I can feel the heat in my midsection, in my torso, uh, after every drink, right? Well, they're both fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I can see why this beer is like a cult classic that it is. Oh, absolutely. Now, did you just have this one in your basement? 
Last year, I bought a four-pack, okay. and this is yeah. the only one that survived the year. Yeah. Not because the others blew up or anything. I just consumed mm-hmm. them over the winter. Oh, yeah. Now, my friend AJ Zanuck that I used to brew with quite a bit, he was super nuts about this beer. And he's done multiple times clones and gotten very close, actually. Like, he's really exceptional brewer. It would be rare to go to the brew day at his house on the clone where he didn't have seven or eight verticals all lined up, which was very interesting. Well, this bottled one, actually, I I hadn't had Sammy Klaus in a couple of years. And last year, AJ sent me a text. He's like, hey, I found it. You go in the back of the cooler at Saber Growl and you can find it. So, yeah, shout out to AJ, who, of course, was on an earlier podcast. Oh, yeah, Baltic Porters. Baltic Porters, yeah. Do you guys have... A favorite between the new I and the like old? I kind of like the newer one. I don't know why. I kind of like the sharper edges than, than having it rounded off. I like that it has a bit of a bitterness to it because it is kind of sweet. So that kind of helps reset the palate for another sip. Yeah, same. I appreciate bitterness. And like you said, if it, if it can be overwhelming sweetness, you get alcohol sweetness, malt yeah. sweetness, and you need a little something to, to cut it, particularly if you don't have carbonation to offset it. Yeah, the second one was a little coying, coyingly sweet for me. I yeah. like the first one, the the newer one. Yeah. So we have a consensus, people. There it is. Get, get it in the can. It's get okay the new this one year. in the can, and you, no need yeah. to sell it. It's ready to drink this year. All things beer podcast tested and approved. Let's dig a little bit deeper on the St. Nicholas tradition, because the thing that we haven't gone into is in all of the places in Europe where you have the St. Nicholas tradition, there's always an evil helper. Oh, yeah. Right? So This is where I come in. Right. So, probably the most famous of the St. Nicholas sidekicks would be Krampus. Yeah. Right? Mark, you want to tell us a little bit about Krampus? Well, let me tell you. I don't think he's that bad of a guy. I think he's gotten a bit of bad rap, but who here amongst us likes misbehaved children? I mean, unless they were us when we were younger, but... Well, I'm forced to love mine, but... Well, I mean, you gotta love them, but he takes the weight off of your plate to punish these children so they stay in line. My upbringing, the ramifications, the fear factor was there on why I had to behave and keep the kids in line. Sure. Positive reinforcement is only... Part of the way that you raise well-behaved children. See that? Ralph knows. You got to beat the shit out of them with rods from a devil figure. Yeah, so if anybody doesn't know who Krampus is, and by the way... We're not advocating violence That's right. He's a German-Austrian... He's kind of a half-goat, half-demon. Would that be a fair way to describe Krampus? Yeah, he very much looks like a Uh, goat. It was interesting because I was reading and I don't... This is on the internet, and but I found many, many places. I think they still have parades, if you will, of the Krampuses running down the yeah. streets. And they've got sticks, beach sticks. I mean, because maybe they're from Bamberg. I don't know. People come out to watch it, and then they'll come over, and they'll, they'll harass people. They'll start... They say they only hit you on the lower half of the leg with the sticks, yeah. you know, but one uh, account I was reading by an American tourist said, well, it was very interesting and kind of exhilarating, but, you know, now I've got, I was bleeding from my legs because he whipped me so bad with his sticks. <laughs> I mean, this is serious shit, That's not right? my kind of festival, no, not ordinarily. <laughs> so, St. Nicholas, his counterpart, you know, he leaves and arrives on a little donkey carrying baskets filled with children's gifts, biscuits, and sweets. Now, Krampus also has baskets, but he throws the fucking kids in them that 
put them in exile if they're misbehaving, you know? Right, right. There's varying degrees of bad. If you're just a little bit bad, then you get whipped with the stick. But yeah. if you're really bad, then you might get thrown into a bag and taken away for oh, yeah. an indeterminate amount of time. And it, it, all of us that have dined out, I mean, we can appreciate that. <laughs> Take that, just throw that kid in a bag. I think every maitre d' at a restaurant should have a bag to just throw the child in. I think my favorite rendition of this is what they do in the Netherlands and in Flanders. So there, as I mentioned earlier, uh, he's known as Sinterklaas. Okay. There's a couple of difference between Sinterklaas and Santa Claus. Here are some of the differences besides the fact that he wears a bishop's hat. First of all, Sinterklaas lives actually in Spain, in the south of Spain, okay. not at the North Pole. I, I just kind of imagine him, you know, sunning himself in a villa in Spain somewhere. He arrives actually in mid-November. He wants to get there early, right? And it's a televised event, I'm told. And then he spends the next couple of weeks. Sometimes he'll show up at a shopping mall or do a TV interview. Yeah. I mean, I guess to get a sense of who's naughty and who's nice. Mm -hmm. And how does he get from Spain to the Netherlands? He comes on a steamboat, as it turns out. <laughs> it's very specific. Also more realistic than being pulled by reindeer through the air. Sure. There's a good description of this. If you like David Sedaris, he would say that Sinterklaas comes with six to eight black men as uh, assistants. Okay. But they have this tradition, they call it the Zorte Piet, which it translates to Black Piet. And the idea of it is this is someone of a Moorish origin. So a Muslim from the south of Spain. Well, they come along with St. Nicholas, and a little bit like Krampus, they might hit you with a stick, or if you're bad, they might throw you in a bag. Oh, yeah, again with the bags. Yeah, take you back to Spain, and you have to work in the workshop for a year, making the toys for the oh, kids who are bad. good. That's a fitting punishment, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know how you feel about Santa Claus with slave labor that's been abducted, you know. In my family, we didn't think of Santa Claus as being into human trafficking. Well, now, okay, so human trafficking and making toys are two different things. And <laughs> well, they don't stamp out license plates in prisons anymore. You know, imprison the child, teach him a lesson. I'm for it. <laughs> Make him contribute to society. That's all we're asking. The other thing that's a little bit disturbing is for many years, I think now the tradition is kind of dying out, but people in the Netherlands would dress up in blackface and walk okay. around. All right, we're not going to do mean, that. This is, uh, okay. I mean, I think it's a very weird uh, holiday yeah, okay. tradition. And that's in the Netherlands. Netherlands and Flanders, right? Okay. So, and, and in the next episode of this uh, podcast, we're going to move to Belgium. We'll, but be we're, near, we'll get near the Flanders. We're yeah. not going to bring any of this no. uh, racist uh, black beat stuff in. No, I, I think that's fair. Now, before we close out this episode, because, you know, we're based in Ohio and we'd like yep. to shine a spotlight on Ohio breweries who are doing cool things. There is an Ohio brewery that makes an homage to the Sammy Claus, and that beer is called Froggy Claus. Any guesses as to where that beer comes from? Yes. Hoppin' Frog in Akron. You are correct. It's getting harder to say that the more alcohol we have. It's a great brewery. I've been there many times, right across from where they store the Goodyear blimps. So there's some really unique looking kind of blimp hangers across the way. They're pretty cool. They're kind of known for higher alcohol beers in general. They're an exceptional brewery, and I am actually shocked that I have not had this beer before. So I'm excited. So this also received a bronze medal at the 20. 21 GABF and a silver medal at the 2022 World Beer Cup. That's impressive. 
Yeah, last November, December, I went up to Northeast Ohio, and Lorinda and I, we met uh, Rick Arman and his oh, wife, yeah. Wendy, okay. at... At Hop and Frog, and we met uh, Fred Carm, who's the owner uh, there. And okay. Nice chap. And he was spinning the records. He was doing the DJ. Okay, cool. At the brew pub. This is purchased last year straight from the brewery. And it comes in, uh, you don't see a lot of these. I think this is an eight and a half ounce can. They don't want us to have much, do they? No, that's adorable. It's adorable, but at the same time, what is it, the thimble? Well, I have to get smaller glasses out here. If you were drinking one all by yourself, yeah. uh, it's kind of nice. That's fair. I mean, that way Dan would only need three cans, which is cool. That almost fits in a shot glass, really. Yeah, really. Yeah, really. It, it is very, very small. small. Dan has it right when he says, cute as a button. Is that also 14%? 14 one, it says on the 14 can. 14 one. Oh, they got 0.1 better. Take that, Sammy Claus. That'll Thank smack you, you in the face. Getting back to St. Nicholas. He yes. smacked you in the face? Well, he attended the Council of Nicaea, which kind of set orthodoxy for yeah. Christianity in 325. Okay. And upon confronting a guy named Arius, who was saying, there is no trinity, oh, yeah. is said to have slapped him in the face. Oh, that guy was a troublemaker. So, Nicholas could... could get, he could throw it down. He's no Krampus. He, he wasn't going to throw you in the basket, yeah. but he could... He could. <laughs> exactly. So, he'd say, balderdash. That's it. Give him a slapping. Now, okay, initially, out of this coming from the can, we have to say carbonation level definitely way higher visually. I mean, it's busting off the uh, nucleation sites in the glass. There's a bit of a head on this. It's a bit more ruby, I would say, a little bit yeah. of a redder tinge in the color. Yeah, some of it's darkening up just because it's got a foam cap on it. Not as brilliantly clear. And for those hazy haters out there. And in here. I'll just let you know. It's not hazy, so don't be off-put by this. You should still go up to Akron and try it out. You can see through it. I can see Ralph. He looks a little amber. This is different. It's a little colder than the last, so maybe because they've been in the glass a while, so it's hard to get a side-by-side. It's got a lot of the same character, a little cleaner. It doesn't have as much as the kind of fruit, you know, the dark fruit's not there. It's, it's a little bit more malt, a little bit more caramel. It is pretty surprising, though, just on the nose itself, how similar the two are. Very similar on the but nose. Yeah, once mm-hmm. you get down in... Uh, into the sip, yeah, they kind of differentiate a little bit. I kind of like the carbonation. Yeah. It's kind of welcome, yeah. I think in comparison, nothing is Sammy Claus. You guys know what's up. And this is described as a Swiss-style celebration lager. Apropos for the holidays. Indeed. Yeah. What do you think, Mark? Do we need to add that as a style? Are you going to start a petition? Swiss-style Swiss <laughs> celebration <laughs> lager. <Why not? laughs> I'd be for it. The more you drink, the harder that is to say. Yeah. I have always liked when I brewed historically, Dan, I'd use the same yeast three times and just pitch directly. Just empty the carboy of one beer, just Brew put right the other right back it, on. Yeah. No, I didn't clean the carboy. Thinking of what my next two beers would be, I chose a German ale yeast. I didn't want to go the Weizen yeast route on the Rogan beer. So am I crazy to want to, on December 6th, brew a Santa Claus clone? I, I think that's a date there. And we can uh, have it next year for our Christmas episode. Wouldn't be bad. Sounds like a plan to me. Yeah, I think I'm going to do it. I'm in. I'm for it. All right. I may have to wait a few days. I'll be in Cabo's San Lucas on the (laughs) 6th. I don't know. I don't know if there's any Mexican. Well, uh, you could brew a Swiss-style celebration Mexican lager. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Serve with a lime. There you go. (laughs) Now, Dan, you've brewed way more than the rest of us. When you get into high-gravity beers, what's the highest-gravity beer you've brewed, either commercially or at home? 
just recently on the pilot system, recently being uh, last Wednesday, we're doing a, a stout for uh, Seven Sons uh, Coffee Fest. That was almost 27 Play-Doh. That might be, I think we've pushed 30 before. Okay. I know there's some people doing like the big pastry guys that will like jack it up to 40, but we've never, yeah. we've never, <laughs> yeah. never messed with yeah. that before. I think if you read online, it says that Sammy Claus is a 27 Play-Doh beer. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, what do you anticipate uh, ABV coming out of that, Dan, on when it's finished? Uh, it'll be somewhere between 10 and 11. Okay. So that's pretty respectable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Are there any tricks you have to do um, to brew these high gravity beers? A lot of yeast. Lot and, of yeast. Yeah. yeah. And don't do be you afraid. Um, oh, God, no. Don't be afraid to, uh, to hit it with oxygen once or even twice after you've already pitched. If you were brewing at the home brew level, at what point would you give it the second dose of oxygen? Um, I mean, you could take a, an oxygen stone and put it in there, and I've read about people doing that at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, probably 24 hours after pitching. Okay, yeah, yeah. Once you get past like 25% attenuation, you can start to get some of those oxidative effects, but also if it's a big beer, a little oxidative effect sure. is not really something you need to worry about. So. Sure. I mean, when we talk about these dark fruit flavors, sometimes a little bit of oxidation will, will bring some of those things out, won't it? Yeah. You know, some of the um, caramelly, fruity notes. Yeah. Now, I haven't been down to Langrant in the last few weeks, but are there any other newer holiday beers to plug? I mean, of course, the Oatmeal Raisin Stout will be coming soon. Old Beer Crumbs. Yeah, Beard Crumbs, uh, slightly different this year. It's more complex we sort of layered in some nice british crystal malts cool and actually put cinnamon in it this year to make it oh, taste okay. more like a cookie nice we finally relented and uh made like kind of a classic winter warmer uh, uh, for it tree lot we took our base red ale that we've done a yeah. few times did a collaboration with the columbus library pilot system and i think also it's pretty much the exact same recipe we're, we're doing in a um uh, mixed 12 pack. Okay, that, cool. Uh, this will be coming soon to you. Took that and added uh, ginger, bitter orange peel, and cinnamon. I hope it was worth it because I had to slice most of that ginger myself. Um, I think it makes it pop, um, but it's it's really nice. In fact, I, yeah, I had one last night when I was watching the game. Awesome. Well, cool. I'll look forward to trying that. Tree Lot. I was going to say Tree Lot is out now, right? Yeah. I think mm-hmm. I saw it's the good cans name. down there. Yeah, uh, seasonal creep and all that. It's actually yeah. been out for a while. Oh, yeah, since 4th of July, I'm sure, <laughs> thanks to our distributor. Well, cool. Dan, fun enjoying these beers with you. Pat, always great. I'm glad to see you're still standing. In, well, you're sitting, but at least you're not on the floor. And Ralph, thanks for bestowing upon us all of the blessings of St. Nick. If you ever need any uh, information about the saints of the church, I'm your man. Right on. Well, cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. Cheers. Swipe to beat the stale. Beat the stale. Elk jaar rond half november gaat bij ons de bekker. We mogen mee naar Nederland. Tort als magekker. De stomo zit weer vol. Tot de nog toe vol. Niets is de Sinterdol.